in uh, Ephesians chapter number 2, and on Wednesday nights, what we do is we walk uh, through a book of the Bible. Wednesday nights are Bible study night, of course, and we go verse by verse, chapter by chapter, uh, through books of the Bible, and uh, we started the book of Ephesians uh, towards the end of last year, and uh, we took a break from it because of the holidays and, of course, Christmas and New Year's and the special services and all of that. Uh, but we're back into the book of Ephesians, and if you remember last time, you may not remember last time, but if you remember last time, we uh, went through the first seven verses of Ephesians chapter 2. So tonight, we're going to pick right up, right where we left off, and um, I'd like you to notice that we're going to uh, be dealing with just three verses tonight. We'll finish the rest of the chapter next week, uh, but I thought that these three verses were important enough that they would require their own sermon. And we're going to be looking at some of the most famous verses in the Bible. You probably know them by memory. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, 9, and 10, the Bible says this, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. And what we're going to do tonight is we're going to take these uh, verses phrase by phrase and walk through them. And I realize some of you are thinking to yourselves, good night, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, we know this. Uh, do you need us, do you need this to be explained again? And uh, I always like to remind people whenever we go back to some of these basic ideas, and you don't have to turn here, but I'll read this for you. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 1, Paul said this, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same thing to you to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. And here's the thing, preaching on Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and 10, it, for me it's not grievous, but you know what, for our church family it's safe. It's safe to be reminded about these things, to help us understand these things. And I think if you listen up and take some notes, you might learn something tonight um, either way. But here's what I'd like you to do, and I want to just begin by doing this. If you would not mind, uh, I always encourage you to take notes when we are studying through anything, really. On the back of your course of the week, there's a place for you to write down some notes. But if you don't mind writing in your Bible, I'd like you to just write a few things in the margin of your Bible. There in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, if you wouldn't mind, and I realize some people aren't comfortable writing in their Bible, and that's fine. Uh, but if you don't, if you're, I like to take notes in my Bible and have notes and, and arrows and all sorts of things, underlying things. And, and if you wouldn't mind, Next to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, I'd like you to write the word salvation. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, just in the margin of your Bible, uh, write the word salvation. And next to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, towards the beginning of the verse, if you don't mind, I'd like you to write this word sanctification. Sanctification. So Ephesians 2 8, we've got the word salvation. At the beginning of Ephesians 2 and verse 10, I'd like to write this word sanctification. And at the end of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, if you've got some room there, I'd like to write this word service, service, salvation, sanctification, and service. And what I'd like to do tonight in the sermon, the title of the sermon tonight is The Theology of Works, because what I'd like to do is really give you a basic theology of works. And what we mean by that is what is it that the Bible teaches in regards to works and what is the role that works plays in the life of a believer, right? And if you're taking notes, and if, you, if, if you've got a place to write down some things, and I, and I would encourage you to do that if you don't have a baby on your lap or something like that. Here's point number one, and you can, of course, write it down, and it's this. Salvation is not of works. Now, we know that, but it's good to say. Salvation is not of works. Ephesians 2, 8, notice the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith. 
And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And I'd like you to keep your place there in Ephesians 2. That's obviously our text for tonight. Go with me to the book of Romans, if you would. If you head backwards, you've got the book of Ephesians, Galatians, um, 2nd and 1st Corinthians, and Romans. Galatians, 2nd and 1st Corinthians, and Romans. And when you get to Romans, do me a favor and put a ribbon there or a bookmark or something because we're going to leave it and we're going to come back to it. Romans chapter 4. And um, look at verse number 4. The Bible is clear that salvation is not of works. And I realize I'm preaching to the choir and you know that, but it's good for you to be reminded. Romans 4, 4, the Bible says this, Not to him that worketh. Not to him that worketh. So here Paul is given us an example of someone who wants to work their way to heaven. And by the way, There are only, sometimes people will ask this question, they'll say, how do you know which one's the right religion? There's so many hundreds of religions out there, or thousands of religions out there. How do you know which one's the right religion? The truth is this, that there's only really two uh, religions uh, out there, and there's two belief systems out there. There is one that says that you earn your way to heaven by the works that you do, and there's another one that says that salvation is a free gift, not of works. And really, you can put any religion and any church into those two categories. You say, what do the Romans Catholics teach? They teach that you have to keep the, second, the seven sacraments, you have to do certain things, you better get catechized and baptized as a baby and go to the confessional booth and, and take the, uh, 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 the communion and you got to do this and you got to do that. In order, what is that? It's works. And, and what do the Mormons teach? Repent of your sins, live a good life. Uh, get baptized, and hopefully you'll make it into heaven. It's works. What, what do most of these false religions teach? They teach works. They teach you got to work your way to heaven. The Bible says in Romans 4.4, 4, not to him that worketh is the reward. Now, the reward is referring to heaven or what you get as a result of the work. And, of course, in Romans, he's talking about heaven and, and salvation. He said it is the reward. Notice, not reckoned. The word reckoned means computed, calculated, the way it comes about. He says, look, to him the wor- that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace, he says, but of debt. Now, here's why he says that. Because if you think that you can work your way to heaven, you're going to find yourself in debt because the amount of work that you need to do to get to heaven is not something you can do. It's, it's, it, you've already messed up. You're already a sinner. You've already uh, not kept the whole law because that's what it takes to work your way to heaven. You must keep the entire law perfectly without error. There's only one person that was ever able to do that, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So he says, not to him that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. Notice verse 5. But to him that worketh not. Now, I want you to notice this, and I want you to clearly see what Paul says. Paul doesn't say not to him that worketh a little bit, He doesn't say to him that worketh somewhat. He says to him that worketh not. This guy did no works. Never went to church, never got baptized, never read his Bible. Now, I don't think you should do that. I think you should go to church. I think you should get baptized. I think you should read your Bible. But can you be saved and not do those things? Well, notice he says, but to him that worketh not, here's what he did do, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. Notice, his faith is counted for righteousness. So I want you to notice that in Romans 4, 5, the Apostle Paul, and he's given us a, a hypothetical uh, example here. He's, t- he's just saying, look, if there was somebody who was trying to work their way to heaven, he said, now to him that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace but of death. Uh, then he says this, but to him that worketh not. He said, if somebody does no works but believeth, they have faith on him that justifieth the ungodly. He says, his faith is counted 
for righteousness. Now, in Romans 4, 5, we learn this, that it is possible to have faith without works. I mean, it says, to him that worketh not, but believeth. And, and you know, I want to give you a theology of works, and then we're going to go to probably every major passage regarding works in the Bible. And, and, and one that I'm just going to quickly mention, and we're not going to go there and, and go through it just because it would take too long. But the one you always hear is James chapter 2, right? Faith without works is dead. And people try to tell you this. They'll say, well, faith without works is dead. And then they'll interpret that for you by saying, therefore, you cannot have faith without works. Well, wait a minute. That's not what Paul believed, Romans 4, 5. He believed that someone could worketh not, but believeth. He believed that somebody could have no works and yet believe. So therefore, you must be misinterpreting James chapter 2 in order to teach that you can't have faith without works. They'll say, you, you must have works if you're going to have faith. And they'll say, because faith without works is dead. But is that what that means? I mean, does faith without works mean that faith is unexistent, inexistent without works? I mean, think about the terminology, dead. What if I was dead? What if I died? Does that mean I never existed? Does that mean that I, I, I'm no longer here? What does it mean? It means that I'm not alive. It means that I'm not active. I'm still here if I drop dead right now. I'm not just going to disappear. Someone's going to have to pick me up and, you know, take me somewhere. Put, put me in a box and bury me somewhere. Hopefully you'll come and cry a little bit, you know. But, uh, you know, I'll still be here. I just won't be preaching anymore. I just won't be active anymore. Faith without works is dead. means that if you don't have works that comes along with your faith, then your faith is dead. It's inactive. It's not alive. It's not going to accomplish anything. It's not going to do anything. But does that mean that you cannot have faith without works? Well, number one, you're adding that interpretation to that phrase. And number two, Romans 4, 5 clearly teaches, but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. According to the Bible, yes, you, cannot, you can have faith without works. Amen. Notice verse 6. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man, unto whom God imputeth, that word imputeth or impute means to attribute, ascribe, to give. God gives righteousness, don't miss it, without works. Why? Because salvation, very plainly, is not of works. Salvation is not something that you have, that you get through works. Now go back to Ephesians 2 and keep your place there in Romans. We're going to come back to it. And let's just take some time and just break down these famous, well-known verses Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Why is it that salvation is not of works? And the answer is found in these verses. I want you to notice the first phrase. Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace. Salvation is not of works because salvation is by grace. Now the word by means this, indicating the means or method by which something is achieved. How is it that salvation is achieved? How is, what is the method, what is the means that God uses in order to save us? Well, he tells us it's by grace. The word grace means free. It means unearned. The theological term is unmerited, which means undeserved favor or the unmerited favor of God. You say, how is it, what is the means or the method for salvation. How can you and I be saved? Well, we are saved by grace. We are saved by the unmerited, undeserved, unearned 
favor, the free favor of God. And here's what you need to understand. Grace and works are, are at odds with each other. You cannot have grace and works. Go, go to Romans chapter number 11. I ask you to keep your place in Romans. Keep your place in Ephesians. We're going to be going back and forth tonight. Romans chapter number 11. See, the, the people who want to add works to salvation, they always want to fight about faith and works. Faith and works. Well, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. But here's the problem. The problem is that the Bible says that we're saved by grace. And the Bible is clear that grace and works cannot, they are opposite of each other. They're at enmity with each other. You cannot have both at the same time. And it's, and it's simply because of this. Because grace, though we like to give it, and I don't think there's anything wrong with using terminology like unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor of God. Really, when it comes down to it, all of that means it's free. And often when we're out soul winning, I'll give the example and I'll say to somebody, hey, the Bible says here that salvation is by grace. And what that means, I'll say, you know, here at your house, you, you may have, you probably have a grace period. Maybe your rent's due on the first or your payment is due on the first and they give you till the fifth to pay that. What do they call that? A grace period. It's, it's free time. You don't, they don't have to give you that time. They just give it to you as, as free. That's what the word grace means. In fact, if you just see the word grace in regards to salvation, it means free. What is the word? works mean? Work means you earned it. It means you went to work for it. Now notice what the Bible says in Romans 11 and verse 6. Romans chapter 11 and verse 6, the Bible says this, and if by grace, this is what Paul says, he says, look, if salvation is free, right? If it's unmerited, undeserved, uh, unearned gift, he says, and if by grace, he says, then it is no more of works. He says, look, if it's free, you can't earn it. Do you understand that? Otherwise, grace is no more grace. He says, look, if it's free, you can't earn it. Otherwise, it's not free. But if it be of works, he says, if you, if, if, let's say that the, 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 all the false religions are right and you can earn it. You do have to get baptized. You do have to speak in tongues. You do have to uh, repent of your sins. You do have to do whatever they decide you need to do. He says, look, but if it be of works, if it's something you earn, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Look, here's what he's saying. It's either free or it's not. If it's free, then you can't earn it. Otherwise, free would not be free. And if you earn it, then it can't be free. Otherwise, you're not really earning it. So he says, look, salvation. You say, why, why do you guys believe that salvation is not of works? Well, here's why. Because it's by grace. And the word by means it's the means, the method in which salvation is achieved. And the means and the method that salvation is achieved is grace, which is unmerited, undeserved, unearned, favor. Of God. Keep your place there in Romans. Go back to Ephesians 2. I'd like you to notice the next phrase. Not only do we see that salvation is not of works because it is by grace, but we see also that salvation is not of works because it is through faith. Through faith. The word through there and, and, and the illustration that I'd like that I like to use and, and keep your keep your finger there. Go, go back to Romans 4. If you would, Romans chapter 4 and verse 3. Salvation is by grace, which means it's free, and you can't earn it. You can't work for it. And then the Bible tells us it's through faith. In Romans chapter 4 and verse 3, we see this verse. We already saw it, but let's look at it together. 
For what saith the Scripture? And I'm sorry, I don't think we saw this, actually. We didn't, we didn't look at this. When Paul begins to give this little talk about, not to him that work is, is, is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of that, he's, he, he first asks this question. He says, now if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory. We're going to look at that in a second. But then he says, well, uh, what saith the Scripture? He says, for what saith the Scripture? Paul sounds like a Baptist. What does the Bible say? The Bible's the final authority in all matters of faith and practice. For what saith the Scripture? Here's what the Scripture says. Abraham believed God. The word believe or believe means faith. Abraham believed God and it, what? His belief, his faith was counted unto him for righteousness. How did Abraham get saved? Dispensationalists today, they want to tell us, oh, well, in the Old Testament, under this other dispensation, people got saved by works, and Noah got saved by getting in the ark, and then everybody, you know, there's this dispensation and that dispensation. Hold on a second. How does the Bible say that Abraham got saved? Guess what? He got saved the same way you and I got saved, by putting our faith, by having faith. It says Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. That's how Abraham got saved. If you're saved, that's how you got saved. That's how I got saved. Why? Through faith. The same way that water is funneled and delivered through a hose, God's grace, which is the means of our salvation, God's unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor, which is the only reason that you and I will ever see the gates of heaven, is funneled and delivered to us through faith. We're saved by grace, and we're saved through faith. I want you to notice, thirdly, if you go back to Ephesians 2, the Bible says, and that, not of yourselves. Now, the word of that there is referring to being saved. He says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Now, I'd like you to keep your place there, of course, and go to 2 Timothy chapter number 1. Now, towards the end of the New Testament, you've got the T-books. They're all clustered together. If you're in Ephesians, you're going to go past Philippians, Colossians, and you'll have 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, 1st, 2nd Timothy. 2nd Timothy, chapter number 1. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, 1st, 2nd Timothy, 2nd Timothy, chapter 1. I want you to notice how these verses, it's not like Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 teaches that salvation is not of works. Every phrase in this verse teaches Every phrase in this verse reinforces the idea that salvation is not of works. Why? Because it's by grace. Why? Because it's through faith. Why? Because it's not of yourselves. Now, what does that mean? Not of yourselves means that ourselves, yourselves, myself, is not the source of our salvation. Now, we know that already because we've already learned that our salvation is grace, which is funneled to us through faith. It didn't come from us. The grace didn't come from us. The faith didn't come from us. Well, uh, excuse me, the faith uh, did come from us. It's the faith. I'm sounding like a Calvinist now. Good night. I'm going to preach against that in here in a minute. Good night. Salvation is not something that is produced from us, not of yourself. Now, I want you to notice that in 2 Timothy 1 9. Who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling? Not according, notice, to our works. So look, he didn't save us according to our works, but according to his own purpose, don't miss it, and grace. Because we're saved by grace. 
which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So I want you to notice that he saved us and called us with a holy calling, but it's not according to our works. Why? Because it's not of yourself. You are not the source of your own salvation. Notice Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. If you're there in 2 Timothy, just flip one book over to Titus 3, 5. Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, the Bible says this, Not by works of righteousness which we have done. The word righteousness is referring to right things, good things that we've done. Not by works of right things which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost. Do you see that? How, how did you and I get saved? Well, it, wasn't, it was not by the works of righteousness which we have done. It's not of yourselves. It's not according to our works, but it's by His mercy, by His mercy, He saved us. And mercy is very much like grace. It, it basically means the same thing, just in an opposite way. Grace means you get something you don't deserve. Mercy means you don't get something you do deserve. I deserve to go to hell, and the mercy of God makes it so that I don't get something I deserve. I don't deserve to go to heaven, and the grace of God makes it so that I get something, I, I do get something that I don't deserve. For by grace are ye saved through faith, you say, and, and, and it, does this prove that salvation is of work? Well, look, he says, and not of yourselves. It's not something you produce. It's not according to our works. It's not, a, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done. Go back to Ephesians uh, 2.8, if you would. We're just dissecting this verse. We're talking about salvation not being of works. How do we know it? Well, we know it because it's by grace. By is the means by which we are saved, and the means by which we are saved is grace, which is unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor of God. And it's through faith, meaning that it's funneled to us. The way that we get God's grace is through faith. It's His grace, our faith. And then he says, and that not of yourselves. He says, look, he's, be, he's wanting to make sure you understand. This is not something you produce. This is not something you do. This is not something you work up or you work out. It's not of yourselves. Then he says this, it is the gift of God. He says, look, Salvation is the gift of God. Now, we understand this. I mean, you could talk to a, a young child and they would understand this. A gift, by definition, is free. You don't earn it. You don't work for it. If you earn it and if you work for it, then it's not a gift. And the Bible teaches clearly. Go, uh, in fact, you don't have to go there. I'll just read these for you. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift is free. Look, if you go to work, and you work hard, 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours, however much you work, all week long, and then your boss shows up on Friday and says, I've got a surprise for you. I've got a special gift for you. Merry Christmas. Happy birthday. And he has your paycheck. Wouldn't you be offended? This isn't a gift. I worked for this. I earned this. See, a gift is free. Now, if you did nothing... They said, hey, I've got a gift for you. Here you go. Man, thank you. Wow, I don't deserve this. I didn't earn this. 
A gift is free. And the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Now, here's where uh, I wanted to talk about uh, Calvinism or Calvinists. Calvinists will teach, and they'll take this Ephesians 2.8, and they'll teach that it's actually the faith that's the gift. And they'll say, no, 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 see, God gives you the faith. And that's why they don't believe that we take part in salvation, that there's any decision or choice that we make. Because they'll say, if you have faith, it's because God gave it to you. And they'll say, for by grace you're saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And they'll say, see, it is the gift of God. That's referring to faith. Now, there's, a, there's lots of problems with that. But let me just show you the problem just in this verse. Here's what I think is interesting about Calvinists. They like to act like they're all these really smart. Look at all these big books that I read. Look how smart I am. And then they go to Ephesians 2.8 and they're like, it is the gift of God is referring to faith. Now, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense if you look, if, and that doesn't make any sense if you read the Bible. Amen. But even if you just look at this verse, Ephesians 2.8, look at what it says. For, I want you to notice these two words, by grace. Now that phrase, by grace, when I was in, uh, uh, in school, I went to a Christian school and I went through uh, uh, a curriculum that a lot of the homeschoolers here use, it's called ACE. And ACE back then, it's gotten a lot better, and it's, it's really good now. My kids use it. But back then, ACE was, it had its reputation. It wasn't really good. Uh, and, you know, it's like a Becca was better and all these other places were better. But one thing ACE was good for was they drilled us on, on dissecting sentences. I mean, there was pace after pace after pace of dissecting sentences and dissecting sentences and dissecting sentences. Some of you kids are going through this in school. I know um, one of my sons is going through this in school, so maybe this will sound a little familiar to you. But I want you to notice this phrase, by grace. That, word, that phrase, by grace, is a prepositional phrase. And I had to ask my wife and my son about this before the sermon, all right, just to refresh me. It's a prepositional phrase. The word by is a preposition. Now, a prepositional phrase, what it does is that it modifies the object in the sentence. Notice he says, for by grace, but that's not a complete statement. You can't just say for by grace, period. Do you understand that? It's a prepositional phrase that is modifying the object. Here's, here's the sentence, are ye saved? Or if we were to turn it around without the prepositions, we would probably say ye are saved, right? Ye is a subject. Are is the present tense verb. Saved is the object that's being modified by the prepositional phrase by grace. Saved or are saved is by grace. Do you understand that? Here's another prepositional phrase. Through faith. The word through is a preposition. Through faith is a prepositional phrase. It is modifying the idea, the object, are saved. Ye are the subject, are saved. That Look, ye are saved or are ye saved, you could put a period there and it'd be a complete sentence. For by grace, prepositional phrase, that is modifying the ye are saved or are ye saved, through faith, prepositional phrase, that is modifying ye are saved or are ye saved. Notice, and that. Now the word that is referring back to being saved. That, not of yourselves. What's not of yourselves? Being saved. It is referring back to the that, which is referring back to the saved. 
It is the gift of God. So what is the gift of God? It's being saved. It's not the faith. You say, well, I don't know, you know, if that's really the right way. Well, here's the thing about prepositional phrases is that you could actually put parentheses around them and cross them out when you're dissecting a sentence. You can completely just remove a prepositional phrase and still have a complete uh, sentence. In fact, when you're dissecting sentences, they have you put parentheses around them because a parenthetical statement can be removed from a sentence and you'll still have a complete sentence. You could read, For are ye saved, and that not of, your, and that not of yourselves, which is a prepositional phrase, uh, it is the gift of God. You could, you could remove by grace and through faith. So here's what's interesting about the Calvinists. They'll tell you, oh no, the gift is uh, faith. The, the, but the word faith could be removed from the sentence and you still have a complete sentence. I mean, you just look at it and it's clear, unless you've got some bias, that the gift is being saved. It is not faith. It's not that God gives you the faith in order to be saved because he chose you and he didn't choose somebody else. No, look, God gives you the grace and he gives it to you through your faith. You've got to funnel down that grace through faith. And you say, well, I don't buy it. Well, how about this? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. It doesn't say the gift is faith. It says the gift is eternal life. How about this? John 4.10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee faith. Is that what he said? No. Living water. Which is what he's talking about. He's using that as an example of salvation. Then he tells them that if you drink, tells her if you drink the water, you'll never thirst again because it's everlasting. So salvation is not of works. Why? Because it is the gift of God. And a gift, by definition, is free. Let me give you the last one. Look, look verse 9. Not of works. Then he says this. Lest any man should boast. How do we know that salvation is not of works? Well, we know it's not of works because it's by grace. We know it's not of works because it's through faith. We know it's not of works because it's not of yourselves. We know it's not of works because it is the gift of God. But here's how we also know it's not of works. Because he says, lest... He says, unless any man should boast. Now, what does the word boast mean? It means to brag. It means to gloat. It means to show off. Go to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. The word boast means to brag, to show off, to gloat. There's another word in our King James Bible that is used synonymously with the word boast, and it's this word glory. Romans 4.1. Now, the word glory can be used different ways in different contexts, but I want you to see it here in Romans 4.1. Remember, Paul is giving us this little discussion, right? He says, What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? He says, Look, let's talk about Abraham. What is it that Abraham found? Because he says, Well, Abraham started this whole thing called believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, calling upon the Lord, that morphed into New Testament Christianity. He says, What is it exactly that Abraham found? Verse 2. For if, now look, he's not saying that this happened to Abraham, he's just using this as a hypothetical. He says, if Abraham were justified by works, he's not saying Abraham was justified by works, but he's saying, let's just, let's just pretend that Abraham was justified by works. If Abraham were justified by works, he says, he hath whereof to glory. Here's what he's saying. Because the word glory means to brag, to gloat, to show off, to boast. Here's what he's saying. If Abraham was justified by the works that he did, he would have something to boast about. 
brag about, show off about, gloat about. He would have whereof to glory, but then, then, then Paul answers our question. He says, but not before God. You say, why, why is that? Well, Romans 3.23, you can look at it in the, in the chapter before. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Do you know nobody's going to get up to heaven and boast and brag and gloat before God? We all come short of the glory of God. But you say, salvation is not of works. Yeah, here's why. Not only because it's by grace, not only because it's through faith, not only because it's the gift of God, not only because it's not of yourself, it's also not of works because the Bible says that the, here's how salvation works. You can't, once you have it, you can't boast about it. You can't brag about it. You can't gloat about it. You can't show off about it. I had a pastor who would often tell the story. He said he was out sowing. One time he knocked on a door and this elderly, very stately, dignified lady comes to the door. And he asks her this question. He says, do you know if you were to die today, are you on your way to heaven? And she said, oh, sure, I I believe I'm on my way to heaven. And he asked something along the lines of, well, what is it that gives you that confidence that you're on your way to heaven? What are you trusting in to get you to heaven? And she began to give him this list of things. And she said, well, you know, I've uh, taught Sunday school for 30 years. And uh, I've raised good children. And I live a good life. And I volunteer. And I give to the church. And I give to this charity. And she gave him this whole list of reasons why she thought she was on her way to heaven. And he opened up his Bible and went to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. He read these words for her. He said, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And she looked at him and she said, oh, I've been boasting, haven't I? And really that's what's how, look, if you are trusting in your works, oh, pastor, you know, I used to be a drug addict and I turned away from that and that's why, look, I hope you turn away from that, but that's not going to get you to heaven because if you could, you could boast about it. You could brag about it. You could gloat about it. What's salvation? Salvation is this. I was a helpless sinner on my way to hell, and Jesus saved me by grace. I didn't deserve it. By grace, I didn't earn it. By grace, it was unmerited. He did all the work. And all I did was believe, and he saved me. So how do we know that salvation It's not of works. Well, we know because it's by grace, and we know because it's through faith, and we know because it's not of yourselves, and we know because it is the gift of God, and we know because once you have it, he says, lest any man should boast. So here's point number one. Salvation is not of works. That was the longest point. I won't go so long on the other ones, I promise. Here's point number two. We understand that salvation is not of works, but we do also have to understand this, that salvation is just the first step in a new life called Christianity. Now, for some people, it may be the only step. All they ever do is get saved and praise the Lord for it. We'll see Him in heaven. But that's not God's will. So I want you to understand this. Number one, salvation is not of works. But number two, sanctification is God working on us. Are you there in Ephesians 2? Look at verse 10. Now, in verses 8 and 9, he just gave us this, these great arguments for why we don't earn salvation and salvation is not of works. Then in verse 10, he says this, For we... We who just realize that salvation is not of works, it's by grace, through faith, not of yourselves, gift of God. He says, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. I love the fact that in the next verse, he says, now wait a minute, I just got done explaining to you that salvation is not of works, but I want you to understand this. Once you get saved, you didn't work to get saved, but once you're saved, God goes to work on you. 
For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Go to Romans chapter 8 if you would, if you kept your place in Romans. Romans chapter 8. Do you understand that God is working on us? God is working on us to make us like Christ. Romans 8, 28, the Bible says this, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Usually we go to this passage when somebody's going through a trial or a struggle or something difficult, and that's a good verse to go to. But the reason that Paul says this is because he's about to tell us in verse 29, he says this, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, here's a good verse for Calvinists, to be saved. Is that what it says? No. These people are already saved. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. What did God predestinate you? What did he predestinate me? He predestinated us, once we got saved, to be conformed to the image of his Son. And by the way, that's why he says in verse 28, hey, all things work together for good because, hey, Job, sometimes things, God allows things into our lives because he's working on us. When we come forth, we shall come forth as gold. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. You're there in Ephesians. If you kept your place in Ephesians, go to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Here's, here's what I want you to see in Romans 8. God is working on you to make you like Christ. God wants you to be like Christ. That's what we're called followers of Christ. We're following in His footsteps. We're disciples of Christ. We're trying to live a disciplined life to be like Christ. That's why they call us Christians. Because we're supposed to be like Christ. He uh, uh, predestinated us to be conformed to the image of His Son. Philippians 1.6 Being confident of this very thing. From Ephesians, you've got Philippians in the next book. Ephesians, Philippians 1.6 Being confident of this very thing that He... God, which has begun a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Do you realize that God has begun a good work in you? God's working on you. Now, you don't work to get saved, but once you're saved, there's this process called sanctification, and God goes to work on you. God goes to work with you. And by the way, this is also the context. Because in Philippians chapter 2, we have this other verse that people like to take out of context and try to add works to salvation. I'll show it to you quickly. Philippians 2.12. And people don't get it. That before you get to Philippians 2.12, you should have read Philippians 1.6. Which says that God hath begun a good work in you and will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And in Philippians 2.12, the Bible says this. Wherefore, my beloved... As ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. People love, people love to take this verse out of context. They'll say, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Say, see that verse says, you got to work out your own salvation. you got to work out your own salvation. That proves that you got to work your way to heaven. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. It says, work out your own salvation. Now, if it said, work through your own salvation, I might see the point. If it said, work to get your own salvation, I might see your point. But when it says, work out your own salvation, the idea is this. You already have it, it's just on the inside. And look, do you know when you got saved, it happened on the inside? You know that the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you? You know that the new man was created, quickened, inside of you? 
But God says, look, hey, I'll save you on the inside all day long if that's what you want. But I'd like for that salvation, I'd like for that spirituality, I'd like for that Holy Spirit to kind of work out of you a little bit. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He says, look, salvation happens on the inside. You believe in your heart. You uh, do it in your mind. You, you believe inside. He says, but when, uh, what happens on the inside? He says, now we got to work it out. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You say, ah, oh, I think that's you just, that's your spit on it. Okay, well, look at verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you. Is that exactly what we've been seeing this whole time? God's doing a work on you. He has begun a good work in you. And he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God that worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Let me tell you something. Salvation is not of works. Sanctification is God working on you. And God going to work in you. And he's going to do it. You say, when will he be done? Until the day of Christ. Until the rapture, until you get rid of this corruptible flesh and put on immortality. We won't go to all that. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read this for you. First John 3, 1 and 2, if you want to jot it down. The Bible says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are, be the, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. God will begin. He has begun a good work in you, and he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So I said, number one, salvation is not of works. And I said, number two, sanctification is God working in you. Number three, we'll do this quickly. Go back to Ephesians 2. Service. Service is us working for God. For salvation, did you miss the first 20 minutes of the sermon? No. Well, why would I work for God? Maybe because if you deserve to die and go to hell and you were given something you didn't deserve, you got grace, unmerited, undeserved. Maybe just because you love them. Maybe just because you're grateful. Maybe just because you're thankful. Service is us working for God. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works. That's sanctification. Which God hath before ordained, here's service, that we should walk in them. That we should walk in what? Good works. Ephesians 4.11. You're there in Ephesians 2. Just flip a couple of chapters over. We're almost done, I promise. We're going to look at three passages. Ephesians 4.11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors. Right? That's me. So why are you in my life? God gave me to you. And teachers. Why? Here's why. Here's why. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Ever since I came to Severity Baptist Church and Pastor Messiah being my pastor, I'm, I'm so busy now. He's got me playing instruments and cleaning and soul winning and this and that and this ministry and that ministry and all these things. Hey, that's why, hey, he, for the work of the ministry. He, he, see, we go and tell you, hey, God will save you. You got to do nothing. You got to do nothing to be saved. And then when you're saved, we're like, we got so much for you to do. <laughs> Why? Because salvation is not of works. In sanctification is God working on us. And service is us out of a heart for God working 
for him, for the work of the ministry. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 2 Corinthians 9, you're there in Ephesians, just go backwards, Galatians, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, look at verse 8. Ephesians, Galatians, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. We'll look at a couple of verses, we'll finish up. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Praise the Lord for that. That ye always having all sufficiency in all things. Notice, God gave you, God makes all grace abound. God saved you. Why? That you would have sufficiency in all things and that you may abound to every good work. See, God did not save you to sit. He saved you to work. He said that you may abound in every good work. Go to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58. Just one book over and we're done. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Yes, I did do it. I preached 45 minutes on three verses. You're welcome. <laughs> I said, ah, what are you going to say about these three verses? 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain. When we got saved, we were not saved by works. But when God begins to do the process of sanctification and he begins to work in us, the natural byproduct of that should be that you and I get to work. And that is the theology of works in the Bible. That's it. Salvation by works? No. What's sanctification? God working on you. And what's Christian service? Us working for God. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Bible. And Lord, I I realize that there's probably nothing said tonight that we haven't already heard and understand and believe. But it's good to be reminded. It's good to shore us up. It's good to make us grateful that, wow, we really didn't deserve Undeserved, unmerited. It was, I, he didn't have to, but he chose to. And then he took an interest in me. He not only saved me, but he begins to work on me. And help me, Lord, and help all of us out of a heart, out of a heart of just thankfulness to get to work for him. Help us to be able to labor together with God. In the matchless name of Christ, we pray. Amen.